everybody. This is Radio Imbibe from Imbibe Magazine. I'm Paul Clark, the executive editor of Imbibe, and it's the spring of 2021, but right now we're going to step back in time just a little bit. Because if you've been following the magazine for a while, then you'll know that this past September we took a deep dive into the world of rum. As part of our coverage in that issue of the magazine, we introduced you to a brand new rum to the American market, Equiano. We brought it to you largely in the form of tasting notes, and to recap those tasting notes, the rum is very, very tasty. But Equiano also has a really cool story about it, in the way it's been produced and blended, and also in its backstory, its attention to the history of rum and the history of Africa and the Caribbean, and the way that history continues to influence the world today. So for this episode of the podcast, we wanted to dive into that story a bit more with one of the co-founders of Equiano, Ian Burrell. If you've been around the rum world for a bit, then you're already familiar with Ian. A longtime rum ambassador, he's been a founder of events including UK Rum Fest and London Rum Week, and a regular speaker at events like Tales of the Cocktail. I chatted with Ian a few days ago about the full story around Equiano, and we're sharing that with you for this episode. in the rum world for a long time as a rum ambassador and as a founder of events. Last year, in 2020, you shifted gears somewhat, bringing a new rum brand to market in North America and Europe in partnership with three other co-founders. What made you decide to actually step in and create this kind of project and, and to start putting bottles out there? Um, it actually felt, felt right. It was about time um, that I actually focused on creating a brand because um, I've, I've, I've actually developed lots of different rums and when when my when my business partners actually approached me with the idea to do um, a particular rum I actually laughed at them I actually said that's not going to work <laughs> but if you do this we have a really we have a really good chance of it um, working and they were crazy enough to listen to my ideas and I was crazy enough to listen to them and say right we're all going to work together we had the same ideals. It was all about being um, um, the philanthropic, what's called um, mindset of any brand that we were going to do. We were going to try to help out, give back, and, and really think about everything from from grass to glass about being responsible for a brand. And that was before we got the liquid, before we got the name. So we all had the same. We all had the same what's called ideas, and we just bounced ideas of each other, being of African Caribbean descent. An African Caribbean rum was always something I wanted to do, never been done. So I said, let's do it. <laughs> and rest is history. <laughs> now, let's start off by talking a little bit about the rum itself. You've got rum from two different distilleries, Foursquare and Gray's Distillery, from two different islands, Mauritius and Barbados. One is from Africa and the other is from the Caribbean with two different approaches to making rum. What was it about each Correct. of these distilleries uh, that you're working with that, that appeal to you? And how did this combination make sense for the finished rum that you're putting out there? Well, I mean, I, I work personally with both distilleries um, and have over many years as an independent rum ambassador. Um, I first went to Mauritius in 2008 and, uh, and, and then ended up being invited by the government there to help the, the rum industry develop and grow to become, to be seen around the world as a, re a respectable rum category, as a style of rum from the, the African country in, or the island in the Indian Ocean. Um, so there's six distilleries there. And back in 2008, we actually created a small mini rum fest in Mauritius. And that's how I really built up relationship with the distilleries there. But 
they were still fairly new. The rums were developing. They weren't ready back then. But um, when we decided as the four founders to create a rum from the African continent, Mauritius was one of the first islands or first countries I actually looked at. Because although Africa as a continent has a lot of sugarcane growing there, there aren't many international rum brands, reputable rum brands that could really play side by side with some of the rums coming out of the Caribbean. And it was funny, we were in Hong Kong a few years ago at a rum fest there and Richard Seal was tasting some rums from the Grey's Distillery and he gave it his seal of approval. <laughs> so uh, when uh, when the African component was coming up as a conversation, I said, well, it has to be, has to be from Grey's. Because I know Richard has already gave it, given it a thumbs up. So that'd be, and, and the Barbados component was always going to be the first Caribbean rum in the in the Epiano blend. So that's the reason why we ended up with those two distilleries, Richard Seal, Foursquare, one of the best rum makers, spirit makers in the world, and a good friend. So naturally, I wanted to use that and also tell the story of, of rum, because that's where rum got its name from, the island of Barbados. And then the African component from an island that I've worked with for a few years, very, very tropical, very, very Caribbean-esque and, and make an array of great rums there from molasses rums uh, coming out of column still to um, fresh sugarcane juice rums coming out of pot stills. So, so much variation of rums on the island. And so the, the finished rum itself is a mix of 11-year-old rum from Gray's Distillery aged in ex-cognac casks, along with an eight-year-old rum from Foursquare aged in ex-bourbon barrels. Yes. And of course, as we might expect with, with rums from these distilleries, there's no added color or sweetener or anything of that nature. Did, did I hit all the main points yeah. for the finished rum? You hit all the main points. Uh, I mean, if you really want to get really technical, the uh, the Grey's rum, Russian rum, some of the rums are in new French oak, and some of the rums are in once-used cognac um, barrels, which were French oak. Um, so what they do is some of their rums they take out the the new French oak when it gives it, when it's taken a bit too much wood, and then they transfer that into older barrels just to slow down the maturation and um, slow down the intake of tannin from the wood. But principally, it's, it is French oak, one rum. American oak, another rum, ex-cognac barrels, one rum, and ex-bourbon cask, another rum. And it may be a relatively new project, but as you're saying, when you were first having this kind of conversation about putting this project together, you and your team went deeply into history, and not just into rum history, but into the history of the Caribbean, mm. the history of Africa, and the ways that this history has been intertwined over the centuries. You put this link to this history right in the rum's name. Can you tell us a little bit about the project's mm. namesake and why you decided to go this path? Yeah, so um, so when I was in school, um, we never really learned much about Black British history, and I always and I've always connected rum to telling stories and informing people about different periods of of, of time, um, whether it was the triangular trade, um, enslaved Africans working in the fields, um, cutting sugarcane to make rum, whether it was colonized islands in the Caribbean uh, from from Europe, and all of these are connected with the rum industry. But it's, it's funny that none of, none of these rum brands that are out there have never, ever been named after an African slave or an African that had been enslaved. They're not named after captains, British captains, or they're named after areas in the Caribbean, but never after an African. And we said, well, we want to be the first. Why not? So because of the fact that our rum was from Africa and the Caribbean, the fact that our rum journeys from Africa to Barbados, Equiano's name just came to us like a light bulb. It was like, you should be calling the rum after me. This is like Equiano said it to us because he was taken from Africa, taken to Barbados. And before a short visit to America, Virginia, then was sold into the UK. And that's the same journey that our rum made from Africa to the Caribbean 
and to the UK. Now, Lauda Recuano, as uh, an influential person and an inspiration to many people, was, was an African that wrote his memoirs, the interesting narrative of Lauda Recuano in the, 18, in, in the late 1800s, sorry, the late 1700s. And this went on to inform the Transatlantic Slave Act, um, the abolition of, of slavery, in the, um, in, especially in the British colonies, in 1807, 10 years after he died. So he was an important part of the abolitional movement at that particular time. He was also a freedom fighter. He was also an entrepreneur. So even when he had made a name and a bit of fame, he still dedicated his life for equality. And that's what we want to do as well today. This is what we should all be looking for, to fight for equality. And if we can help with rum and, and spreading his name and spreading his story, and also contributing as well by giving part of our profits, 5% of our profits will be going to our foundation, which will help different types of equality, inequality, and um, modern-day slavery uh, organizations around the world. And, and until we start making a, a decent profit, $2 and two pounds of every bottle sold from our website gets sent to um, our chosen charity this year, which is the Anti-Slavery International. You know, by putting that foundation at the very beginning of your conversations and putting this brand together, even before you, you knew what the liquid was going to be or anything of that nature, mm -hmm. and by putting his name on the label and actually like telling you telling his story and using his story to convey the purposes behind this, you're really kind of putting that mission front and center, it seems like. Yeah, we are, because um, the conversation, and especially over the last year, um, year and a bit, the conversation has been more at the forefront about the history of rum and, and the impact rum has made. And, and, the, and the impact, what's called that Africans have enslaved their impact into the rum business. I mean, allowed a Requiano to buy his freedom, which was about it's about 40 pounds, that's about 50 bucks. That's how much he paid to buy his own freedom. That money was raised by selling spices and rum. So he was actually selling and making rums in the Caribbean at that particular time and trading as he went from one port to another port uh, just so he could raise that money. So it, it, it's linked, the, the actual rum itself is linked to his story, but it's also linked to a lot of stories around that particular time. Um, so again, it was, it was a way of trying to educate people uh, responsibly one glass at a time, one drink at a time, but but in a way, in a way that was done like it was in the olden days, where we sat down around a bottle of rum or sat down around the spirits and told stories about the people from the past, legends from the past, family members, and that's what we want to try to recreate with this story, um, retelling this, retelling this, or or telling this for the first time, because there's a lot of people that haven't heard of Alauda Requiano, um, and that's here in the UK, that's in the Caribbean and in the States as well. So we can. If we can, just because we put his name on the bottle, get someone to actually then do the work, find out themselves, and we've achieved what we wanted to achieve. And as you mentioned, the first grant recipient for starting this year is Anti-Slavery International. Mm. And it's a human rights organization yes. that dates back to 1839. So it has a you know a history right. uh, dating back almost to Equiano's time. Why did establishing this foundation and, and selecting this organization speak so much to the first year of this project? I think I think it was so so important for us to actually work with not only the oldest um, organization that deals with anti-slavery well, and modern day slavery because modern day slavery is something we forget we forget slavery is still happening today it, in all forms whether it's people that are deprived whether it's women whether it's kids being abused and used in sweatshops around the world so what we what we want to do is try to highlight some of the things that this organization is doing and bring to the attention of a lot of people that just maybe just just gloss over this or don't even think about what's happening next door to them or down the road from them or in another country that they may not have visited. So if we can just create awareness and bring that attention, uh, again, then we've uh, we've achieved what we wanted to do. Now, 
we're not saying we're going to raise loads of money and, and make massive amounts of change, but we're making at least a small amount of change. And you need to take that little tiny step before you can take those big steps. So what we're trying to do is just trying to bring more awareness to what Anti-Slavery International are doing. We're trying to bring more awareness to the areas where they make their impact, um, places in Asia, places in Africa, places in Europe, and then soon places in Americas and and back in the Caribbean. So again, it's, it's, it's just creating, trying to create more awareness with what we do, through what we do for the, their organization. And, and they're doing such an amazing job. And we, we're just proud that they actually allowed us to actually use their name and work with them um, to actually do what they do. Now, this is still a very new project. You've only introduced this within the past year or so. What can we expect yeah. to see from Equiano as, as you move ahead into coming years? Ooh, um, we're going to um, have some, some new SKUs. In fact, so this, so this one here, the original, as we know, blend of two different rums. Our next SKU still will be a blend of two different rums, but it'll be a little bit lighter. And we're going to be blending molasses and fresh sugarcane juice. The molasses rum will come from Barbados, from Foursquare, and the fresh sugarcane juice will come from Mauritius again. But the fresh sugarcane juice is unaged, and the molasses rum will be three years old. So what we're trying to do is create a different type of pro, uh, flavor profile in a lightly aged rum, perfect for cocktails like a daiquiri, um, white rum old fashions, highballs, and sours. So it's it's just a it's just a, a another way of drinking or sipping or savoring or, or appreciating rum, a lightly aged rum. So it's not a white rum, but it's a light rum because the color is like quite straw color because of the aged rum um, that's gone into the blend. And then towards the end of the year, we'll be doing a few vintages, which I'm really excited about. We've got some of the oldest rums from Grays that are traveling at the moment to Barbados. They'll be blended with some old rums from Richard Seal at Foursquare. And we'll have some vintage uh, Equiar nodes, limited editions, uh, coming out towards the end of the year. So I'm excited about those. And then in the future, it's going to be playing around with different parts of the Caribbean and different parts of the African continent, different types of blends, possibly maybe like Jamaica, Barbados, and say Ghana and Nigeria, or using rums from South Africa or Rwanda. Um, so it's a, it's a big continent, Africa, um, with over 52 different countries. So, um, and a lot of them grow sugarcane. So we want to get the best and, and work with some of the best Caribbean rums as well. Well, Ian Burrell, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Oh no, thank you. Thanks for having me. Check out more about the rum at equianorum.com. And that's it for this episode. We'll be back with you in a couple of weeks to talk more about Scotch whiskey from our March-April issue. Be sure to subscribe to Radio Imbibe on your favorite podcast platform to hear that episode, and follow Imbibe on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest for more day-to-day -day coverage. If you're looking for recipes or drink suggestions or in-depth articles, then head over to our website at imbibemagazine.com. And be sure to subscribe to the magazine if you aren't already. Just follow the link in this episode's notes and we'll take care of you. I'm Paul Clark and this is Radio Imbibe. Catch you next time.